500 years ago he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad he said i'm mad i must eradicate piracy injustice and cruelty and all my sons will follow me so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die the ghost who walks enemies beware the phantom's always there but you won't find the phantom he finds you G'day everybody, and for those who have come in late, you're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast. My name is Jermaine, and tonight I am joined by Steve. No, no, must be a special guest, but before we get there, <laughs> Dan, how are you, mate? G'day, Jermaine. I'm pleased to be here. Um, still not afflicted with the curse of Stephen, which somehow means that he can never join us if we're talking to someone special. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's it. So, seeing we've got someone special, we might as well get straight into them. Uh, this person is um, is fellow fellow Queenslander, um, and uh, he's, he's he's an Australian artist, and um, we're starting to see a bit of his work and a bit of his um, his taste for Phantom stories as well, which um, I'm sure has a lot of people interested. But let's interview him without teasing too much more people. So. Uh, Shane, Shane Foley, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you guys? Pretty good, thank you. Uh, do you want to just give out a quick shout out to um, Steve, just to rub it in a little bit more? <laughs> Who's talking to Steve? Me. Hello, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, you can't be here. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's all he gets. He he doesn't turn up to these that's things. <laughs> Uh, is he the argumentative guy? Is that why he's kicking out? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's actually generally the peacemaker between the two of us. So <laughs> oh, really? This, um, this could go anywhere oh, as a result. Who, <laughs> oh, is he the one who keeps the peace between the tradition, the forkists and the, and the blokes, people who like the European stuff? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> ah, maybe he should be here. <laughs> Can I hang up now? <laughs> No, well, that's your job tonight now, is to keep the peace. That's why we've got you on board. No. Well, I often get called Steve instead of Shane, so I'll be Steve. <laughs> happens a lot. Awesome. So, Steve, I mean Shane. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's me. I'll answer to both. <laughs> Do you want to um, tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, you know, your age or the approximate age, if you, um, if you don't want to tell us the exact age, uh, your background, if you've done any studies what you do for a day job and, and stuff like that and your love for the art and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well, I'm not a young guy. I'm actually, I'm not quite as old as uh, Glenn Ford, but I'm getting there. And uh, I'm actually 60. I don't mind telling people that. I'm actually 60 and um, my day job is as a patient transport officer in the ambulance. Oh. I was a paramedic for 16 years and now I step back from that and do pre uh, pre-booked work, taking people from to and fro. So that's my day job. And I've been doing that for 26 years now, which is <laughs> pretty, I suppose you could say that's my career. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a cartoonist, though, and um, it, it's never quite worked. I probably should have moved to America or somewhere when I was a young guy and sidled up next to somebody, but I didn't have the courage to do that and started a family too quickly and so you just can't do that sort of thing. So I've always done uh, artwork comic stuff and advertising on the side. 
Mm. Um, I've submitted to Marvel, mainly Marvel, many times, had some pretty good uh, responses uh, to my work, but because I wasn't there, nothing's ever, ever happened. Um, mm. Do you remember, I don't know if you guys followed Marvel stuff, but did you know that you know they put out back in Jim Shooter's time, they put out a big tryout book? Have you heard of that great big thing? It was a story, Spider-Man story that was half done. And yeah, you, you could pencil a bit, or you could script a bit, or colour a bit. Anyway, Marvel put that out in the that'd be the mid '80s, so we're going back. And um, uh, I submitted stuff in that, and every they had, got to try and remember now, three thousand entries or something, yeah, and so, something like that, or fifteen hundred entries, some some huge figure. And they 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 chose thirty people they wanted to keep in touch with, and I was one of them. Oh. Um, and it never went anywhere after that. <laughs> I tried and I tried and I tried. I've heard even the winner of the penciling section, um, he had to actually personally approach Jim Shooter to get anywhere, and they said, oh, yeah, that's right, I meant to do this. <laughs> All the politics at Marvel, and that stopped it. So, right. so I won that award, but it never went anywhere, and um, that's when I was a Marvel, Marvel guy. Uh, my actual comic reading stuff begins with a Phantom. I started with the Phantom when I was seven, First comic I ever saw and absolutely loved it. And actually, thanks because of the stuff on the net now, I've actually gone back and tracked the actual issues that I started with and I've found my memory yeah. is spot on with what I had. I, I still remember in a caravan when I was... I've, I've worked out I was seven. I had to work this back from when these issues were um, published. But when I, was, when I was seven, I remember finding a phantom comic under a seat in a caravan. Now, old caravans used to have to lift the front seat yeah. and front one of the seats and you could uh, hide stuff in there. And I remember getting a Phantom and I remember reading it and it's like a light bulb went off in my head. I just love this stuff from the word go. And my memory was that on the front there was a Phantom holding a guy over a, an ant's nest or something, you know, like he threatens him like that. And I remember that inside I read it and I remember being confused because uh, I knew the Phantom had this dog and his name was Devil. And at one point Devil was in a cage and all the natives were saying, taboo, taboo. And I remember thinking, what, what are they calling him Taboo for? His name's Devil. <laughs> <laughs> so here we have a comic teaching comprehension and stuff like that, you know. Sure. And uh, and I remembered the cover, and I've gone back using uh, Grand Comics database and the um, the issues things that Jim Shepard released, you know, Barry Stubblesville's histories probably, and found the issue and the one with the, fan, the Phantom holding this guy. It's not over an ant's nest, but it is turning guy up just the same, and it's got that Devil story in it. So. My memory after thirty something forty years was right. <laughs> oh, wow. So which issue number was that? Where it started? Two hundred and twenty-five. Right. Two hundred and twenty-five. That's uh. Two hundred and twenty-five. It was. It, it wasn't brand new, but I know that after that, because I loved it so much, my dad decided he'd bring Phantoms home every second Friday, and the first one we had brand new was two hundred and eighty-six. That was the Thuggies, part one. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and I remember that too, and I've looked it up on the thing, and, yep, that's exactly right. The number's right. The story's right. <laughs> Do you so still you have those comics, importantly? No. I have reprints <laughs> of them. No. Yeah, yeah, sure. I have the... Uh, I have the. Uh, I got rid of everything in 1979, got rid of all my comics, the whole lot. Oh. And then I'd start again a few years later, yeah. Was that... Um... Yeah. Was that a, a, a deliberate choice that you made to to sort of wipe the slate clean, or was that forced upon you somehow? No, no, it was it was oh, it was sort of my choice. I was a bit of a collecting bug. 
I was mainly interested in in Marvel stuff at that stage. I still liked the Phantom a lot, but but uh, because of so many of the reprint issues and all that, I I had old ones. I got rid of them. But it was actually, or well, actually at the time, it was a religious decision um, okay. because um, you know. I sort of was taking Christianity very, very seriously, still do. And at the time, I really felt that uh, comic collecting was like a, an addiction, and it was. So I got rid of the lot and swore it all off for, for a good number of years until things settled, and I thought, well, we can come back here, and it, and it worked. And um, uh, that's when I came back you know, to reading, and I've always drawn that way. But, yeah. uh, but it took about four or five years where I wasn't doing anything. And, and it wasn't until Jim Shepard started releasing, like the Phantom Goes to War, that great yeah. big one where he put everything back, that I actually mm. started reading Phantoms again. And Yeah, so there you go. Right. So, yeah. wow. Is that enough history? Yeah, no, yeah, it's amazing. So did you um, study art? I did... Um, Many years ago, I did a correspondence art course. There used to be things called ICS Correspondence School. Yep. And I, I did that all by mail. And I got what is called a diploma of commercial art out of it. But I, I really didn't like them because every time I'd send something in, they'd send it back and say, great work. And I'd say, don't tell me it's great. Tell me I can get better. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so basically, I've got that bit of paper. I don't think it's worth much. My art has been just... <laughs> Just through drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and copying and copying and then doing my own and doing my own. Mm, and, yeah. um, you know, and I would say most my main influences would be Jack Kirby and then John Buscema. I just love what those guys do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's bits of others, you know, like um, Cy Barry at his best and um, Ray Moore at their best. I, yeah. And even some of the, um, the Semic guys and the Egmont guys, they're just brilliant. So, you know. Artists take everything from bits and pieces mm. from everyone. So, but yeah, it's, it's basically just, just through drawing every day, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So you just sort of, if there's a bit of paper around or a napkin, you're going to pick up a pencil and, and start sketching or doodling. Oh, absolutely! I have got folders and folders and folders of stuff here, and I go through and say, "Gee, did I draw that?" <laughs> and you put it away. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been going for. Years, I, I can't. Even when I'm outside, I tell people, you know, see that street down there. I see that in terms of perspective. You know, you're mm, looking down, yeah. and they go, "Yo, what?" And I look at a tree, and you see it in terms of black and white. How would you shadow that? How would you do it? And people look at you like you're nuts. But I think every artist does that <laughs> to one yes. degree or another. Yeah. And non-artists probably don't understand it. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. No, my, my stepdad's an artist, and you know, he's yeah. say it's like he just gets itchy fingers. Um, so whenever we go to a restaurant, we try and choose the restaurants which put the butcher's paper over the table with a little <laughs> box of crayons, yeah. just so yeah. you know he can uh, keep himself occupied for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I just love that. Yeah, so Shane, it's black and white for me. I just love it. Go on, sorry, go on. Oh no, no, no! I was just going to, um, I was just going to ask if you had ever had any of your other work published, on, or where we might have, we might have seen that. You said some advertising and some other little work. Um, yeah, advertising, not that, not much I can think of that might be more than local. Um, as far as my comic work goes, back when Australia had a bit of a comic industry way back in the early 90s, I did, um, I, I w- did some work. I drew a Dark Nebula story or two, you know, the character, Dark Nebula. He was with the Southern, um, Southern Cross comic, Southern Aurora, around the time that the 
Southern Squadron was around and uh, Glenn Lumsden and Dave DeBreeze were working together and that sort of thing. I started working with Tad, how do you say his name, Pat Zakoski. <laughs> I never get it right, and was going to do Dark Nebula with him. But I did a couple of little ones for Don Ticchio in his book, Southern Aurora Presents. There was a couple of mine in there. Um, he did a book called Australian War Stories, and I had a short story in the back of that. Um, and then... For, there was nothing, not a lot for a long time. In 2004, 2005, 2006, I had a regular comic strip running in Crash magazine, you know, Crash with a K, mm. a little digest-sized thing for kids. I had a little um, four pages a month in there, which I wrote through and uh, had a mate colour, and that ended up being over 100 pages worth of stuff before oh, wow. they decided they couldn't pay me anymore. And it was a little like Lord of the Ringsy type thing. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, had a whole thing set up, you know, and had paid, uh, far more plots we ever got done. But, yeah, and it ended up being about 120 pages, I think, in all. Um, did a whole story arc, and then we were heading off into the second story, and they had to pull the pin on it. And um, so unless you read that little book, you probably haven't seen anything on There's probably something else. My memory's probably pretty poor on this. Um, <laughs> eh, I don't and, know. <laughs> and had you been submitting um, ideas or, or approaching through... At, at any time through that period? You, you mentioned Jim Shepard sort of brought you back in as a reader. Did you try and get in touch with him as an artist at that time? Or Yes, I did. I, and I think, was it you I sent this to, Jermaine? I sent a letter to you and you said it was too nasty to publish. Was that you? <laughs> Who was it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, for those it was you. At, uh, one, at one yeah. stage, okay. I think when I saw, um, when I saw the first <laughs> Keith Chaddo one come out, Yeah. I must have been looking at them at the time. Was that before or after the thousandth issue? Um, oh, that would have been it was after, just I think. Before. No, no, it was. <laughs> we well, maybe, because there were there were three or four of them, weren't there? So, yeah. at one stage when I saw that they were considering doing Australian ones, I did up a three-page sample and sent it to Jim Shepard, and he answered nicely. And uh, <laughs> I realised, you know, when I donned the Phantom fight hitting someone i'd left the rings off his finger which is a oh big mistake <laughs> yep. and um but he, he gave a reasonable sort of answer sort of saying well look we, australia really can't afford this blah, blah 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 and but but there was enough positive in it that i did a second submission which i think is a lot better than the first one but it, the, his answer was quite terse the second time it's almost like look don't bother me we can't do this <laughs> and um and i think I think I said that letter to you. Was it you, Jermaine? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, so like, when you, you first did, you... Yeah. When you did your first uh, cover, we did a, um, a quick short interview. Hmm. Um, that's, yes, and that's on the, the Chronicle, website. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You didn't put the, le yeah. the letter on the, uh, on the article, though, Jermaine, I don't remember. No, uh, there was a reason no, for that. No, you were saying it? you were going to... You reckon it probably painted Jim in a bit of a bad light because maybe he's right on a bad day. But it seemed harsher to you than it did to me. I just thought it was just a straight business thing. He said, you can't afford it. And I understand. So um, that was fine. Mm -hmm. um, so I did then. That, that was I, – and I never did anything more, I don't think. Uh, yes, there was something in between. That was Jim's time. But then in 2003, I did – a few Panther covers for Kevin Patrick. 
when he yes. was oh, okay. reprinting the Phantom. Only one ever got actually published because he decided it was too hard, and I think that one had really limited distribution. But he was really keen at that stage to try and get Jim Shepard to reactivate the giant size Phantom. Oh, okay. And um, and he got me to do a couple of covers for him, and one of those covers was on the back of giant size number number two, I think, because um, uh, I I sent them as samples to Glenn. Yeah, the back of giant size two hmm. has a drawing yep. of me, and it's dated two thousand and four. Yes, and that that's when I did that old cover, and that was like a sample thing that um, Kevin wanted. And there's also one I did of Catman, and I think Glenn's got that. And um, plans, well, you know, if it, if it comes, if it's appropriate, sometime I'll put that on somewhere. Okay, yeah. so but that was through Kevin Patrick. It, it won't yeah. surprise listeners to hear that Jermaine was right in terms of Keith Shadow covers. They started in nine uh, with issue nine forty five, and his last one was issue ten sixteen. So um, mostly before oh, yeah. the uh, the thousandth issue. So just say that again, Dan. Uh, no, I was right. No need to do that, mate. It's on the record, and, and anyone who wants to go and edit that in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, why okay. did you send it to Glenn? Was it because he was trying to do a giant size and he was trying to talk to Jim about it and you thought that was a better option on the... Like, no, no, I only, I only sent it to Jim the last... I only sent it to Glenn the last couple of years. Oh, OK. Um... Sorry, I had these things done for Kevin, yeah. and I don't know how far Kevin got with Jim. I think Jim might have just said no way, and it stopped there. Yeah. Uh, and I just had him in a folder here. And then later, when it must have been when I heard about the, about Glenn getting giant size going, or or when they wanted colouring. But see, I mean, my memory's a bit odd here because. When you've asked, have I tried anything before? Do you remember in one of the, I think it was the Christmas one a little while back, there was a colour in competition. Yes. Yeah. No, that was for and the um, it was, that was for the 80th it, birthday. Um, 80th. Yeah, and that yeah. was one of that was I had an old that was one of my old drawings that was used as it. So I must have submitted that to. To given that to Glenn as well, but ah. see that's based on that's based on an old Jim Shepherd issue. So what did I try again? Oh, I can't remember now. Actually, I, <laughs> maybe that, I sent him something again. It's, yeah. It looks familiar as the I think it's the Cat Goddess, which is a um, yeah, it is, yeah. which is a and old I would, I would have had I would have had that issue because that issue had in it reprinted the. Um, one of my old favourite Wilson McCoy stories where Diana, Diana's auntie tries to get her married off and they get on with this rich playboy on a boat. Oh, the matchmaker. And, um, the matchmaker, yeah. The matchmaker was in it. That's probably why I would have bought it. See, after after I saw the, um, the, the Phantom Goes to War, I bought every issue that either had a Raymore story or a Wilson McCoy story mm or the early Cyberries, because that's what I was really interested in. And I wasn't interested in the other stuff at that stage. So I would have had that one because of the matchmaker. And I did do, yeah, some covers for that. So that I must have submitted again yeah. in there, and I've forgotten all about it. Well, the, um, <laughs> there you if go. it helps refresh your memory, that, that's the colouring competition from through 1763, which was the 80th anniversary special. And in the your signature, oh, yeah. okay. yep. your signature on it, has got the SF, um, but then 97, so it must have been 1997 that you drew it, 
and then yep. the 16, which was when you, I guess, updated it and submitted it again. So yeah, when I should, yeah, sorry, uh, I, th I think at that stage Glenn was asking for things he could use its colorings. I think, and I've pulled that one out, and I, ah. yeah, and I remember enlarging the background because it was drawn as a as a faux cover, so it would ah, have had space okay. at the top for the logo. Yeah. So I put all this stuff in just in case they didn't want the logo. And, um, yeah, so I must have submitted in 97 as well. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I even got a reply. I don't think I've got one. <laughs> so uh, that issue was uh, issue 1185, which is from 97, and they had Bastus the Cat Goddess, the matchmaker. Yeah, and yellow, very yellow mystery, cover, isn't it? Very yeah, yellow. mystery of yeah. Pula Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I did a cover for each of the three drawings. I've done a very Wilson McCoyish one, and I did one of that... Queen with the Phantom on his knees, you know, in a very Cy Barry style, and then one for the cover. Yeah, so I, I must have said, yeah, I can do these. Yes, I would have them somewhere. Yeah. Is it possible to get a bit of a preview? Hey? Do you think we can maybe uh, get a scan to include with the podcast? Sure. Awesome. So you want scan, scans of, hang on, I'll write myself a note. Scan. <laughs> 1997 covers. So you want the two that you haven't seen yet? Yeah, they're virtually copies. Of, yeah, they're, that's easy. They're, they're virtually copies of panels. You know, like I just said, yeah, I can do them for you. Because I always disliked the way Jim and that would just photocopy a panel and blow it up, and often the perspective was all over the place or it was a bit muddy. And I said, oh, come on, you can lightbox it and do it better. And of course, that's how I started. The, that's how I sent something to Dudley, and it went from there. Yeah. yeah. So, so you've mentioned a bunch of names there, like yeah, Glenn Lumsden and uh, Dave DeVries and, and obviously Glenn Ford. So you must have been in and around the comic industry all through that time. How, how did you get to know the, all those guys? I met all them, most of them, at um, whatever comic convention it was in 1992 in Sydney. Uh, and I went down there because of my association with Tad who'd created Dark Nebula, and he was involved with them in Cyclone. And um, at that stage, Dark Nebula had spun off into his own comic, and I had done an entire 30-page story with him, but it wasn't published yet, and it still hasn't been. <laughs> but I went down uh, to join him, and I met a lot of them. Michael Duckowitz was there as well. I remember him. I loved his brushwork and stuff. And I remember Dave DeVries and Glenn... Um, also, um, oh, why does the memory do this? Lives in Tasmania, you know, makes the flash to me go, why is my memory gone? Did a big one. Is it Gary Challoner? Gary Challoner, sorry, Gary. Um, <laughs> yeah, sort of met a lot of those guys then, and others, I can hardly remember much about it, but I, I was sort of in the circle, but I didn't ever talk to them really. It was mainly through Tad, and there was all this stuff about what we might do and what might happen, and very rarely sort of did and I didn't know if that you know was money was the issue and they weren't doing it or because I never could meet up with them I was always in Queensland you know right up here in Bundaberg at that time and I can't get to Sydney much so so there's always talk about stuff but yeah Tad always liked me doing stuff for him and um, hmm. um and then he dropped out for a while and then I dropped out. it's been all over the place you know so uh so there you go yeah but yeah. you must have you must have filmed um some sort of connection then with, with Glenn Ford in particular, I guess, in terms of um, being someone who the, you then sent artwork for and, and got excited about when he took over through. 
Well, yeah, I, I, Glenn got in touch. I think, like, I first sent my first um, cover idea to Dudley, and I've got it sitting in front of me. That was in July 2015. And I sent him a... Um, I sent him a, a different version of... Um, uh, it's a cover where it was just a little panel blown up and it was the one of... Um, there was a an African-American lady there with a scarf on her head or something and a baby and the phantom as Mr. Walker is in the doorway. Yeah. And um, um, I should be able to find the number. I thought I'd written it, but I don't. Um, yeah, and I just did a new daughter? version of that. The what? Which doctor's daughter yeah. I think the story was? Yeah, it could medicine, very well be. Medicine Man's and daughter, I, I think it was. Medicine Man. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and I saw that one, and that was obviously a little panel just blown up. Mm. And I so I virtually virtually just lightboxed the layout, and I actually changed the Phantom figure to, um, to uh, his costume mm. rather than his hat and coat. And I said, look, I can do this for you. And um, he, he gave me a nice letter back. He really did. Um, but I think at that stage, uh, they just weren't paying or something. And, um, you know, and that was in July 2015. It wasn't until April 2016 I got a phone call from him, and that's when I had no idea at that stage that, um, that, that Glenn and Renee and that had taken over. Mm. I, knew, I knew Jim Shepard had died. I remember seeing right. that on the front of one of them. And I knew Judith Shepard had taken over, but, I, but then I didn't anything more after that and it wasn't until all that happened and I started doing new covers that suddenly I was in touch with Glenn and Glenn was talking to me and I, I sort of thought I don't know who's the editor here Dudley or Glenn who am I talking to <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't know what's going on because each one seemed you know one was okaying what the other one had said and I thought mm. and when I would write to them I wouldn't know which one to do and it wasn't until Giant Size Phantom started and I started doing the Sir Falcon stuff yeah. that I sort of had a lot more to do with Glenn see that's his his baby, I suppose. So. Yeah. So, um, so you did four and when covers. We, when we, oh, sorry. You gone? Uh, yes. No. I finished. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I was just going to say, I've so you, you have done four covers. So 1754, sort of halfway through 2016 was the first one. Then 1757, 1768, and 1788. So they all came out within probably 10 months or so of each other. None of those, I don't think, would have uh, got the light box treatment. They look like new... Um, new concept art from yourself? Oh, they are totally. Yeah, when when I did the lightbox stuff for that sample to Dudley, I, I just presumed they knew the layout they wanted, and I just sort of thought, look, I'm willing to work with whatever you want. Sure. So I just sent that that version. Um, since since then, what they do is they send me a story and say, what do you want to do? Mm. And um, usually there is no panel that I want to lift. And I've decided I, I don't really want to lightbox other people's stuff unless it's really necessary, unless they want it. Yeah. So I, I do my own versions of them. None of those are, no. 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 But um, if you've... Well, I thank you for doing that. Yeah, I, I, I think hey? it's, a, it's a really good way that um, the new fruit crew have moved because you're right, that used to be the the, the you know standard MO for Jim was, um, as you said, like enlarging a panel or... or if we were lucky, yeah. getting someone else to enlarge the panel in a new style, um, yeah. but, but taking it in a new direction now where artists get to interpret something for themselves, I think it makes for a far more exciting cover. Yes. Definitely. I think it's brilliant what they're doing. I'm really glad they've decided to put the money into it, and I hope it's worth their while. 
because I think, yeah, looking at it, it it's really, really good. I'm, I'm very happy with it. The only other ones I really liked were in the real old days when they would someone would redo a um, a Cyberry cover. They yeah, the early Cyberries had some brilliant covers, and someone mm. would obviously redraw them. They weren't just panels blown up. Well, they didn't have photocopies in much. It was too expensive to do that. So, um, but yeah, they they were really nice. But often, even then, not associated with the story inside. So, I think the way Dudley and and Glenn have taken it now is well works well for me. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a much better looking product. I really like it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, well guess, as a consumer, we totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way they do. See. I, I was going to say too, like you know how some of the fan, some of the modern covers have a a phantom figure that's very much more in line with modern ways of drawing things, you know, like um, with, with the deep deep digital colour and the phantom looking like he's raging mad. You have those one, then the next cover you have a much more um, old, not traditional approach where the phantom's quite stoic, and that's probably and where you fit in. Very different. Well, yeah, at one stage when I was meeting with um, Dudley and Glenn, I actually asked them, do you want me to try and modernise it a bit? I don't know if I can, <laughs> but I could try. And they said, no, no, no. And I think, I think, um, I presume like their fan base and their, their their customer base is still you know, a huge amount of traditional type people. So yeah. they want some in there, I presume, yeah. who can, who can um, do that. So I guess that's where I fit in. And I'm glad I don't have to try and, work against my natural sensibilities. <laughs> yeah, and I think that shows um, like good leadership and good business sense in the sense that, you know, they've got the, the older, more traditional style and then they've got the more... And then they've got people even like a, um, like a German person that does the, you know, like looks... His style is very reminiscent of like the Sparta. And then you've got Jamie Johnson yeah. who's, uh, you know, the more modern... Um, yeah, bulkier phantom and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's good that they, you know, choose different artists with different styles and getting that mix you know, and balance. As, yeah, you know, I, I like, you know, I like just a good drawing, really. Um, I'm not not stuck in a box like some focus, but um, yeah, but it's good. Yeah, <laughs> a little drive. I hope it works for them. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to know if they can tell through sales if one style is preferred above another, and I guess if they find that out, they'll probably go that way. But um, well, that's a good little no opportunity. Everyone says, oh. That's a good little opportunity for us to plug the best of 2017 cover competition that we're currently running through the website. Um, people can go to chroniclechamber.com and vote for their favourite Fru cover of 2017. Um, Fru is actually running that in conjunction with us and advertised it in the latest Giant Size. And uh, yeah, it's a good way of yeah. finding out which covers uh, people are going for. I'm looking forward to seeing what wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't yeah, have a lot of uh, you don't have a lot of covers in the race in 2017, Shane. You've um, most of your no, is... I get the yeah, I had three in 16 and only one in 17, and I I, I presume that's probably because I was doing insides and they yeah. you know because I've done I have gotten quite a bit on the inside, but well, that's um, what I was I've got ask one that. coming up. Oh, you do have one coming up. Yeah, because I asked for it. <laughs> I said, to, I well, I said, <laughs> I, I wrote to Dudley and I said, hey, I'm I'm going to be back at Supernova this year, and last year, like I was there, but um, but on my left was Paul Mason who had Kid Phantom brand new, and on my right were the guys who'd done Phantom by Gaslight, and they've got all this stuff 
in bright colour in front of him. And here's me, I had nothing, no, no cover. I had the inside of giant size fan number one, but that's yep. about it. Yep. And so I thought, can I have a cover on sale about the time? So I've got something to, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> something to sign as well. And so, now that I'm, that Glenn's also um, um, very kindly offered to let me, I'm part of the jam cover this year as well. So I'll have two oh, things cool. there. Which oh, that's good. Cool. Good, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so well, there you go. There'll be a bit of a new team for the Jam cover because they've used the same five artists both years now. So that's good to see that there's going to be a bit of, uh, you know, fresh blood coming to that. Yeah, well, it might be six. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the same five plus one more. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Yeah, very oh, good. Well, oh, nice. So, you'll so, have a, um, so you've definitely got a cover coming out before June then. Uh, that well, Dudley promised me that. I asked him about it, and then I fully expected to be busy workload to forget about it. And within a couple of weeks, he said, "Here, here's one. I don't need it till May, so um, or okay. April. It's April actually. Yep, yep. And I've done it. It's all done. I'm just waiting to see if a good mate of mine is in a position to colour it or not, or whether I have to colour it. Cause cool. I reckon my own colouring lets me down a bit, but that's just my opinion. I'll, I want to get him to do it if possible, and um, we'll see." But you, yeah, it's all done. Do so. you do all that stuff? Um, and I, I want to come back to the inside stories later. But do you, do you do colouring digitally? Do you draw digitally, or is it all um, old school pen and paper? Well, the, yeah, the, the drawing is. I've got. It, there's all hard hard copy here. Yeah. Um, I do it with br- brushes and ink and pen on 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 proper art paper. Hmm. Uh, I colour. I scan it and then colour it in Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the originals are here and. I'm hanging on to them at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So you've you've just saved yourself uh, answering probably about twenty uh, people messaging you asking if um uh, if they could buy a cover then. Yeah, well, yeah, I've, I've recreated them most of the early ones a couple of times and sold them off, but um, you know. Oh, there you've yeah. just got twenty back again then. <laughs> <laughs> What sort of size do you work with when you're doing your covers? You, I assume you're not. Do you do it immediately A4 size, or do you do larger and shrink it down? No. Yeah, I do it the the size comics have been done for years now. But it'd be, you know, you'd say to A3. Right. Yeah. I do it A3 and then scan it, uh, reduce it on a good photocopy down to A4, so I can. I don't have a big scanner, so I go and get a a good a decent photocopy. And uh-huh. scan and put it down to A4, scan that and colour that. So that's what gets printed off. But I draw it A3, yeah, yeah okay. time and a half, yeah, yeah. And all the inside pages are done the same way. Yep. Oh, okay. So do you have a um, before we move on to your inside stuff? Do you have a favourite cover that you've produced so far? Yeah, the new one, the one you haven't new seen one? yet. <laughs> of course, you haven't seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I had really good reaction to the first one with the snakes on it. Yep. Um, um, so, I was, um, so I liked them all. Oh, yeah. There was one, the one with the, with the alligator, the second one I did, I really yeah. liked the sign of that. I was very disappointed in myself for forgetting that Kiwi covers colour the phantom brown because that meant you had a brown alligator next to a brown phantom. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah. Just one more reason why uh, the Kiwi okay. covers have died a, a natural death. Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's yeah, what and I. I well. You like that one? Yeah. yeah, I like that one. 
the last one, I like the front. I wasn't I wasn't very fussed on the back cover of my last one. I especially the colouring. I think I, I, I as soon as that was published, I thought, oh, I know I should have done that. I liked the fan with his hood and the skull, but I wasn't fussed on the gunman at the bottom. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's okay. We're often our own harshest critics, aren't we? So I thought I thought that was pretty good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Actually, for a for a um, for a a, a um, local art show here, they asked me to do phantom covers, and I redid that one, but totally changed the bottom of it. Right. <laughs> so you got the, the hooded phantom in the sky, in the air, with next to the skull, but there's uh, you know a phantom figure and a oh, I think it was a palace on the hill or something below it. So got rid of the gunman. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. There you go. Alrighty, so. So, Move on to your giant size. Well, no, but, oh, sorry, did Germ to interrupt? But that the art show, I, oh, we put a post up about that at the time. So, you, how much uh, you submitted a few items for that? Is, was that just uh, showcasing local Bundaberg artists? Was it? Uh yeah, it's down a little place called Woodgate, and every year they have a an exhibition called Woodgate Arts in spring, and they just asked me if I'd put in phantom covers, and I said, oh, okay. So what I did was I, I reproduced. Uh, the first one I did, the snake one, mm. uh, the one with the alligator and the back cover of the alligator one just had the phantom, you know, standing there with arms crossed looking out to sea. But I changed the back. I just put the mate at the skull cave and everything there. Mm. And, um, oh, the, that version, that one went into the coloring book. You know, the, the coloring book, there's uh. a picture in one in there by me where the figure's the same as the back of that cover, but there's devil and the, and the, um, skull cave and that, yeah, and I sold all three at that thing. That was pretty wonderful. And um, oh, at the art show. And uh, at the art show, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, um, and then this year I did it again. I put three in again, sold two of them. So there you go. Wow. Very good. Yeah. I'll have yeah, to I think I know the one. I think I know who brought one of those. Does he live in oh, really? Uh, no, other and the other place nearby. Okay. <laughs> his his friend. Yeah, Maribor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's in Maribor. Yes, I've seen his collection. Oh, oh what? Haven't... Look at all this stuff. Yes. Yeah, he got me to do. A, if it was all saying, he got me to do a commission as well. Totally different one. And um, oh, I don't think he bought one of them. No. Oh, I might have been someone. Think, unless we're talking about somebody else. No, anyway. <laughs> no, we're, um, we're talking about the same person, but it might be the commission that he got you to do. Yeah, he got the commission. It was it was pretty amazing, you know, he's saying, oh, he wants my commission. Here he is. He's got originals of this guy and that guy and all these old stuff by Wilson McCoy and Cy Barry and can tell me the different sizes they're doing and, and every Phantom Men issue, even though you can't read a word of them, you've got them all there. I go, oh, wow. Well, yeah, you, okay. have, you have joined exclusive company by being a, a Phantom artist and a Phantom cover artist, that's for sure. Well, yeah, it makes me feel good. My ego's getting bigger, I can tell you. I know Jim's chomping at the bit to get to the giant size, though, so I should let him um, <laughs> head down that track. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Dan. So, um, yeah, let's just want to focus a little bit on your giant size. Like, you've, so there's been four stories that you've done, well, four mini stories, I guess you can call them. There's two Sir Falcons, yep. one in giant size one and in giant size yep. three. There's a Phantom Ranger and a yep. Planet Man in giant size four. Now, <laughs> now, the thing that I like about these is that, um, 
Well, for me, this is just this is just my personal opinion. I've probably had a more of an appreciation of these non-phantom characters because of your stories, in the sense that you you tie the characters with the phantom, sort of in a way where you know there's that kind of relationship and there's that uniqueness, and you're not really sure what's going on and stuff like that. So, so for me, I think I've had I've got more of an appreciation. Of these, and I, and personally, I actually turn to your stories in the giant size first before I read anything else, and that's not Ooh. just me sucking it as well. So that's that well, my ego is getting big before it's getting bigger now. <laughs> <laughs> so well, these, you, you, sorry, sorry, I was Go just going to say these giant size stories are they your creations? Are these just your brainchild or? They've been an absolute joy to do because um, Glenn, like, I don't really have much to do with Dudley on these. I think I don't know what his involvement is in them. It seems to be Glenn's baby. Um, Glenn's given me absolute freedom on them, and, I, and I've been really surprised. The idea of connecting all these guys with the Phantom is 100% Glenn's idea. He wants to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, um, and one of the reasons the second Sir Falcon was in Giant Size 2 and not... I'm sorry, Giant Size 3 and not Giant Size 2 was he... When I did the first Sir Falcon one, which put the Phantom and Sir Falcon in the same little world there, he really wasn't 100% convinced that that King Features would be happy with it. Yeah. They didn't really know. Um, see, even that one was done on a lark. I, I did it. I didn't know it was ever going to be published. <laughs> when... Um, it was sort of. Um, I heard the idea of 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 Fru going back to the giant sizes, and um, I can't quite remember the the um, uh, the timeline here. But I found that I actually had an old Sir Falcon issue, which is as old as me. It's a 1957 issue, and I remember picking it out of my box of fandoms. I said, "Where the heck did this come from?" I had no memory of it. Didn't know I had it. And I'd probably chucked it in there thinking it's rubbish, you know, because when you read them, <laughs> yeah, they're not great. Uh, I liked, I didn't mind the look of the guy. In fact, that's what sold me on him. I think I actually liked drawing him. Hmm. And um, but when I when I read it, um, I could not believe. I had no memory of it. As a kid, I remember seeing the shadow and the Phantom Ranger, they were everywhere in second-hand bookshops, and I loathed them. As a kid, I was a Marvel zombie, mm. although I did like um, I did like the Phantom himself, but I thought these were just horrible, these Australians. I had no appreciation for them at all. Um, unlike Glenn, who has wonderful memories, and a lot of people do. You know, they like them a lot. I didn't, and probably because they didn't, didn't look like Jack Kirby at all. And um, uh, I read this Sir Falcon, and I was, I had, I was absolutely Done that he was such a blatant copy of the Phantom. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And w- what always happens in my even down to the dog called Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? But anyway, I'm surprised he didn't ride a horse. He drove a jeep in the story I've got. But um, <laughs> but it, it occurred to me if you want to put all these things in the same universe, you, uh, you, like Glenn was talking about, it just went into my head to let's acknowledge the. Um, the similarities, but without trashing it, so yeah. that those who think it's stupid can have a good laugh. Those that like them can know it's been acknowledged and let it go at that. That's what 
I did with that story you know, and with the letter and I just, and it was yeah bringing in Jimmy Wells is just a little thing I did later and and all that sort of stuff but I wanted just to acknowledge it and almost poke fun at it without obviously <laughs> trashing it you know and um, um, and I I told I, I can't remember quite what it was but I told Glenn that I'd done this thing and he wanted to see it and he said we're going to publish it and I'm thinking you what <laughs> and I had no idea where I, yeah this must have been pre pre Giants or Phantom Days because I didn't know that it was going to exist I didn't know I thought it might be in the back of a fan of one of those you know mm. five page things or something where Heart of Darkness goes and that sort of thing yeah. and um, and I deliberately said or worked it out for myself that I was going to try to do the flashback or what the bit that Diana read in a Ray Moore type style with lots of greys and little detail and I'd do the Phantom as in my best Siberian impersonation and Diana would be the beautiful Will Mo- um, um, McCoy version. <laughs> so I drew it up for fun and he decided to publish it and I was stunned. Ah. <laughs> I was absolutely stunned. I thought, oh, wow. But it certainly so, set you on a path you now, hasn't it, with the, with the way that you've been doing the other ones? Well, it was brilliant, and and it, when I sent him the story, it was only at the last minute that I put that bit at the end about the Phantom going, hmm, what's this, hmm, hmm. you know, as, and and he said, do you have a story to follow this up? And I said, <laughs> no, in an email. Two days later, I wrote back and said, yes, because <laughs> 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 it gets the brain ticking over, and I thought of a rough version of what the story in three turned out like. Um, when it came out, I must have, I'll just say, I, I was a little bit annoyed that in Giant Size 1, they didn't have Sir Falcon number one because I thought if you didn't know Sir Falcon was a total rip-off the Phantom, that little story of mine wouldn't make sense. Mm. You know, it, it, and I was thought, oh, I should follow a real one. So, so it's sort of a bit of a commentary on what you just read. Hopefully now everyone gets it. <laughs> everyone yeah, who hadn't, doesn't know yeah, anything about so. Sir Falcon would get it by now. But uh, at the time, I thought, oh, it sort of, it sort of undercuts the... The the point by not having it there. So um, anyway, mm. there you go. So, so I worked is, out this second. Yeah, I was just going to ask uh, which of those have been your favourite, or uh, can I assume you're doing Catman for the uh, for the next giant size, or uh, you know where are you going with these? Well, it depends on what else uh has got for me to do i've got a, a number of stories in the works like um i like doing i think it's what jermaine's getting at leaving things up in the i like stories that have just enough dangling to let you know oh. that there's more mm-hmm. it doesn't tie everything neatly if it's all tied up neatly bang that's the end but if you've got something where the story main story plot is resolved but there's something hanging mm. i really like that and at the end of the Second Sir Falcon, like I did that with the baddies sitting there, almost vowing revenge type thing. You know, he, he got wounded and he said, I'm not going to forget this. And you think, well, is there more with this Kane character? Mm-hmm. And um, I have a loose story worked out, which does follow it up. There's more with Scorpia. Um, and it also brings in the Shadow and the Catman and the Phantom and him. And it's a big story. <laughs> it's a bit pretty long, actually. I don't know how we do it. <laughs> but it sort of um, does that. And I've even I've worked out how... Sir Falcon's origin is so much like the Phantom's. I've got a story with that, and I think it's nice and logical. It's simple. It makes sense. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'd love to be able to, I'd love to be able to do it sometime. And mm. um, 
and it would fit nicely in there. So I've got that story brewing. It's there. Um, Glenn hasn't said anything about whether he'd like to use it or not yet, but then it gets lost in the confusion because I've also got a phantom. There's another. There's a story with Catman coming up, one which I've seen, which hasn't been reprinted yet, which is all about an invasion of the world that Catman, Catman solves. And it's like, well, what was the phantom doing while this was happening? And I've got a story which is sort of off to the side again, where the phantom does his bit. Hmm. And, um, you so know, you, so I've got... Have you had to do a lot of now. rereading of... You, know, you just saw that you said that you've seen an old Catman. Have you had to do a lot of rereading of all of these old comics to get yourself up to speed and, and into their universes? No, I'm actually winging it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am because I haven't seen much at all. And every time a new giant size coat comes out, I go, oh, Captain Strato, who's that? I've never heard of him, you know, like the ones they just put in the new giant size. And my brain ticks over and I think, but the thing is with a lot of these guys, they didn't have any character to them. And yeah. uh, so really, if you give them some, you're not transgressing anything with with planet man <laughs> i've got to tell you this planet man was another one that i did not think through we're going to publish but when i got there's one story on the net somewhere and uh, i look and i thought his little alien offsider i thought it was a girl <laughs> because he's got this bobbed haircut and little dress and i thought oh, i was running a little girl and then after a while someone says he's a boy it's not for that i wouldn't have known so i would have got it wrong you know, I, I could have done this whole story, submitted to Fru, and he says, hey, it's a boy, not a girl. I don't know. I don't well, know. That, that would I have been rebooted getting... for 2018. <laughs> it would have been, yeah, he said he beat Doctor Who to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know anything about Planet Man, really. In that last one, yeah, there's a point, you know, when Planet Man's fighting that three-headed dragon thing, you know how he flies. And I suddenly, when I was looking back at it, I'd drawn it, I looked back and said, I'm just assuming he can fly. I don't know if he can. He might be like Flash Gordon that can't. So I put in a dialogue thing here about the rocket belt. I have no idea whether he ever flew in a story, but I sort of took it for granted and probably Jack Kirby eyes him a bit and just did what I wanted. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I've done the right thing here. <laughs> I don't know if little Hex was the smarty pants brains behind them, which I sort of did in that story. I don't know. I don't know if the stories were consistent enough to... Um, for anyone to know, yeah. I really don't know. I'm winging it with these people, so, you know, and but you're not trying to give them a bit of character, but I don't know them very you just well at burst all. the myth. That, like, seriously, I thought you were a huge giant size fan. <laughs> you knew about all these Australian characters, and you were like the guru. Nah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably know less about them than you guys. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I've never met them before because I'm not... Um, I'm not a big enough collector or deep enough pockets to be buying the original giant sizes and uh, reading them. Are you getting complaints yeah. from the uh, the first generation of giant size Phantom fans? It doesn't sound like it. I think Dudley and Glenn must be shielding me from them if they are. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard anything yet. No. Well, Glenn's probably the no biggest, one said... biggest fan out there. So if he's not complaining, mm. then you're probably doing okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll take it at that because I know he knows far more than I do and. Yeah, uh, he knows all these characters I've never even heard of. So really, um, no, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to burst the myth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has. It's totally burst the myth that I had of you. Um, so yeah, no, you've just shattered my world, Shane. <laughs> well, I do know a bit about the Wilson McCoy Phantom, as you can tell from my thumbs, yes. but I know a bit about him. So that's yeah, um, so I think. I think we can tell that because yeah. you've got the um, the diamond cup 
story in the um, in the Surf Falcon. You've got the Lady Luck uh, yeah. Penny, I think her name was. You've got the Peg, Scorpio. Yeah. Peggy, yep. yep. You've got Scorpio, which is also in Giant Size 3. It was like a treasure trove reading that um that story. It was oh, just like... It was and so Barragar. cool. Yeah. Barragar from Barragar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you had um, the Hornstar Demons from... Um, uh, what do you call it? Giant Size 4. And like that was the story that I thought they were actually going to put in uh, instead, of the, instead of the Cyberry one. But... Um, I guess. Yeah. The Cyberry one kills two birds with one stone because it has the Hornstar demons to begin with and then goes into its other other story. Except they're not Hornstar. No. (laughs) Tony redraws them and gives them three eyes instead. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's safe to say that you are a bit of a um, a Wilson McCoy fan. Uh, Well, I. I, uh, Yeah, I I started with him and um, I always thought that he had the. The best Diana, I think, Raymore and Cyberry cannot compete. His Diana's just gorgeous, and I love love the women that he does. Like even the Lady Luck, the um, the captain with the long, beautiful hair and that sort of stuff. And then there's uh, there's the princess or the queen of of Bengali or something in the in the Crescent cult. Yes, all, all those yes. women, or there's the one where the ring gets lost, and at the end, the dishwasher lady marries a prince, and I think, oh, she's just beautiful, and I just fell in love with her as a kid, and I still think Wilson McCoy is just yep. stunningly good at doing that. So, even though the hairstyles are way out of date and that sort of thing, um, I just think he knows how to draw such a beautiful face and form. I, I just think she's she's just wonderful. In one sense, um, I really, really love of the early Cyberry time because it seemed to me as if Lee Fork changed his direction once Barry came on. You know, you get the Island of Dogs and you get the drummer of Tim Penny and they are just cracker stories. I I just love them and it seemed like he made the fan a bit more serious again as if it was getting a bit whimsical towards the end of Wilson McCoy's thing and um, it didn't last. I mean, there's a lot of the later ones where suddenly the fandom's riding in the backs of dolphins and has Neanderthal men and dinosaurs. I, I can't. Um, I'm a bit of a heretic. I, I don't really like it. I, but um, it seems if he got really tough at the beginning of the Siberia yeah. era and was a bit more reminiscent of what he was in the early Ray Moore period, mm. and uh, which to me was a the Ray Moore period was an acquired taste as I got older. I really didn't like it. Mm. It was oh, wow. um, yeah. As so a kid, I didn't like it at like all. A, sounds like a hardcore forkist. It's good to hear. I'll, I'll call him a recoilist. He's almost in the same reign as um, some of the other guests we've had who, um, who for them, the um, Phantom died when Cyberry took over. Oh, I wouldn't say that. No, I thought he came alive at the beginning. That, that he, was he, died, he died once. <laughs> yeah. But he, I reckon he died once you start having whispering, whispering groves and the Kilawee where everyone rolls in the golden stuff and there's a phantom peak and added all these things. I, I didn't like a lot of those. It doesn't mean all his stories are bad, but I thought they added a lot to the lore, which uh, to me took away from the mystery man. It got to family focus. You know, I don't know, cutesy or whatever. But I agree with others that say the Wilson McCoy phantom wasn't... Cyberry made him a big guy again. Like, Ray Moore's fandom was like a big swimmer, you know, big shoulders and that sort of stuff. Wilson McCoy's got smaller and, and all that, whereas Cyberry's putting him yeah. back there. But, yeah. But, um, 
But I love Wilson McCoy's stories like The Devil Road and that. He was drawing really quickly, and now it's quite sloppy, but a lot of atmosphere in there. I, I love Devil Road and Queen Sansamore and The Sixth Man and stuff like that. They're, they're good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting the sense that you'd actually like to, to work with the Phantom as a character rather than uh, all, of these, all of these other Australian comic um, hit characters from history. Um, I'm going to say no, <laughs> because the Phantom has been done really, really well at times. And then since I've started, since I started reading more, since I started doing covers, I've really got into some of the European stuff. Yeah. And there's some great, great things in there, you know, like that I didn't know existed. And um, they've taken the Phantom to a, um, yeah, some of the historical ones are superb. I'm, you know, and then there were stories that are only released in the last, oh, probably over a year ago now, but, you know, like the background to um, Bababu, you know, when he was a kid, there was a story about yeah. that, how he was brought up. That is really, really good. And then there was this, the year just gone, there was a three-parter about the twins with the Phantom having disappeared, like the 22nd yeah. Phantom or something. And that that is really cracker stuff. And I like um, I like Dodai Singh and what's her name? Sandal thing, and I'm I'm not sure I'm fucked on the idea of the phantom fathering a child buyer, but <laughs> but but it's really there's something bubbling away there which is really really good, and um, I don't like having to wait so long between episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're speaking but, like a postmodernist. But, well, it's hard to pin you down, Shane. <laughs> I, I refuse to be pinned down. <laughs> well, no, because there's no yeah. such because there's no such thing as a forkist. I don't think. Like, which fork you're talking about? There's the early Ray Moore fork, then there's the later Ray Moore fork, which I thought wasn't as good. Then there's some Wilson McCoy stuff, which is great. Then there's the Wilson McCoy stuff. Then there's the early side barrier, which I thought was brilliant. Then there's the later ones where I thought stories, most stories that I've seen are really quite weak, and the Phantom's always happy and smiling and. He just is not the guy from the Ray Moore era, you know, and mm. and I found them difficult difficult to like. But but then you get the stories written by Tony DePaul. A lot of those are just fabulous. And then mm. Norman Walker and um and what's the Ray Army? What's the other guy? Ray Me? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of his stuff is really really good, and and they've done a lot with the historical ones. So yeah, there's bits and pieces all over the place that I, I really really so like. He's a postmodernist. We're going to label you, Shane, as a postmodernist. A postmodernist <laughs> off you go. Off you go. Postmodernist but, but, uh, appreciates you know. everything from the Phantom. Appreciates <laughs> the, the classic fork, but also realizes there's a there's a place for the post stuff. Like there's the for the stuff that Fruit's creating, the stuff that uh, Eggmon are creating, where the forkers are just just stuck in their own little fork world. <laughs> as long as the modern ones don't have the phantom always gritting his teeth being angry and sort of yeah. angsty and wanting revenge that sort of stuff and I, like like a lot of other people I didn't like that two part one that came out early last year you know the one that was a uh, you know what was it called two part thing great big panels and I thought the other was really sloppy also, and he was angry and yeah I think that was it yeah, yeah to me that's the Moonstone one um, the Phantom's character in a lot of those, I think, is wrong. And, um, I mean, a lot of... You can you can update a guy without going that far. I wasn't fussed on that at all. And I thought a lot of... Well, one of the things I didn't like about it, I thought, story-wise, he had barely one issue in those two issues. You could have... You know, but it was, seemed like great big 
sloppy panels, but I wouldn't bust on the story either, I don't think. Maybe I'll have to read it again. I might like it better the second time. But um, if, if it's one hey, I'm before you about, go I, on with that... I didn't feel like reading it a second time, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Before you go on with that, you said, I feel like doing phantom stories. Maybe I would, but <laughs> actually, I really like... I would love it if I could do more Sir Falcon because the, Fal- the Phantom has been done really well on so many occasions and I don't feel I could add much to that. I'd probably maybe do a good story or something. But Sir Falcon is a blank slate, I think, mm. and I could, I'd could i love to do a bit more with him, you know, teaming up with the Phantom just occasionally or the new Phantom story I have, it sort of has him in the shadow as sort of wary mates before, well before the Phantoms even involved in the story. Not mates, but they sort of respect each other and work together from a distance, you know. And it, I'd, I'd really like to do something with him and and resolve his past and even update him. Glenn's interested in giving modern versions of all these guys, and I've sort of submitted to him a, an updated version of Sir Falcon, and um, we'll see where we go with that. But, you know, that one's sort of, in one sense, easier because you're free to do what you like with your brain. With the yeah. fandom, there's a heck of a lot of history to take notice of, <laughs> and um, and some of it's probably incompatible, so I don't know. Mm. But, yeah, um, and then, then you have but, uh, people doing podcasts like us that will cruise. Uh, critique everything as well. Oh, well, that's probably healthy then, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you should hear what the people over at the Sir Falcon podcast are saying. <laughs> <laughs> they won't like me. They'll say, he don't know what he's talking about. And they'll be right. <laughs> uh, now, now, so you, sound, you sound a bit like a writer as well. Like, um, like just like hearing you like talk about how like, you know, you've, like, you've come up with the ideas yeah. and, and all that. You, you sound oh, like I like doing that. So do you, do you write a script for yourself or do you sort of write it and doodle it as you go? No, I, um, oh, no you, usually I, I, I whack out a story, just write the thing. And when I'm drawing it and putting the word balloons in, I, I always re-script as I go. Sure. Yeah. Um, just to see it pace. But, yeah, I, I get an idea and write it down first. I'm not like... Jack Kirby starts drawing and see what happens. <laughs> I can't do that. But uh, I get I like to get an idea first. But yeah, I love plotting my own stuff and getting it going. Um, I'm going to be working with um, another writer soon on the uh, on the through 70th thing that done another story given to me for that. But the other ones are ones that I've got bubbling in the background and and so far a lot of them are just short, like in the giant sizes because of time constraints, like. Um, the Falcon one, first Falcon one, like I said, was done, that was done for my own fun and I was delighted that Glenn decided he wanted to publish it. And then I worked out the second Falcon story, but then because of the delay, waiting to see if King Features were happy to have the Phantom and this other one together, uh, there was no lead time, not enough time for me to draw that, what was it, 20, 22 pages or something, that second Sir Falcon story. So I did that Phantom Ranger one really quickly mm-hmm. and, um, mm that was just to get something in there and um, and then got the Falcon one done and then the, the Planet Man one, that was sort of done. Uh, I drew it on photocopy paper. I was so confident it was going to get published. It's <laughs> 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 not even done on proper artboard. <laughs> it's just done there and I was, I was really surprised and, and, and then I had no idea that... Um, other guys were doing an updated version of Planet Man. You know, it's advertised on the back. Yeah. And Glenn said, no, I want yours. We're going to put it in first. I'm going, really? <laughs> so, okay. Happy as Larry. So, 
Um, mm. And of course, you know, it just the idea of putting the Hornstar demon popped in really fast. Mm. I mean, I know that Cy Barry had he drew one an alien on the Blue Giant or something, didn't he? But I I don't know that one really nearly as well. And to me, that hasn't got the the oomph in the in the mm. in the graphics as these Hornstar guys. I mean, my favourite line in that is. Um, Oh, look, was it Roman Viking Genghis Khan? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I thought it made me laugh. My own mind made me laugh. I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. So, uh, so yeah, I love be... writing my own stuff, but happy to work with someone else too. But you'll be looking forward to reading the next uh, Giant Size and the Planet Man then to see whether or not he can fly. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's new, so of course he's better. He can probably teleport too. But... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So now you've you've teased us a little yes. bit. Yes. You've you've Have teased I? us with a few little words of like fruit seventieth. There's, there's some interesting um, stuff there. Yes. Yeah. So I only said that because you've already told me you know that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there you go. I, I, I was Jermaine let it drop. Like we didn't you knew. know that, and uh, we were like you know the podcast people that were listening to us. Um, so yeah. So oh, you better edit, better edit it out then. <laughs> nah, it's all right. Uh, they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, um, so, yeah, so could you tell us... Some, now, we have got permission as well by Fru to talk about it as well, which yeah. we've discussed. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about what you know that Fru are going to do for their 70th... Uh, oh, you tell me what you know first. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you what the opportunity you know to break it. Oh, I don't want to get in trouble with these guys, you know. They're getting okay. work. All right. All well, right. How about I have a guess? Okay. <laughs> Go on. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Glenn, Glenn has uh, and Dudley together have filled us in on a few little things, and so our understanding is that for the 70th anniversary... Um, which will be in September would be the anniversary of the would be the seventieth anniversary of the very first ever fru. Um, yep. There's yep. going to be a trade paperback which will feature um, a, a number of stories. We don't know how many. Uh, a number of stories from some of the classic old Lee Fork um, stories with right. uh, with the three artists that we've talked a lot about today, Moore and McCoy and Barry, all represented. But they'll be yep. Added to by various artists, and we think that you're one, Shane, um, who is going to be drawing a sequel to those stories as they are published. And the whole thing will be in um, the same quality as the previous trade paperback in colour and, and good glossy pages and that sort of thing. Is that close? Oh, you know nearly, you, yeah, you know as much as I do. All I know <laughs> is that I, yeah, just, just to fine-tune it just a little, you get the three three stories which haven't been in print for about 20 years one from each artist and there will be an Australian produced uh, sequel to each of them mm. excellent right yep. and uh, I've been asked to do the sequel to the Wilson McCoy one so that fits in with what you thought of me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm not writing it another writer is going to do it okay so, uh, and it's and it's a decent length it's going to be a reasonable book because I've been told it could be up to 30 pages long right. so there you go so do you know there who you the go. writer is? There's... No. Oh, I think he might have told me the name. It's not one I'm familiar with, hey? Is it um, Piddle Anderson or Andreas Erickson or Chris Secure? Um, no, it, Chris's name wasn't mentioned. The other ones I really can't remember. I don't okay. know. Okay. Um, do you, do you know he which... mentioned Andrew Constant at one stage, but it's oh, not yep. Andrew's doing something else, I think. I really don't know. I, know I have a story from Andrew Constant to do too, one. but that one doesn't fit yet. 
Oh, do you? Sorry? Okay. Sorry, what were you yeah. saying? Sorry, Shane? I said I have a story here from Andrew Constant too to, to do up, but it won't fit into the plans just yet because okay. um, well. it can't be in that one because the story has been reprinted. The, the story it's based on has been reprinted in the last 20 years and they wanted to make sure they weren't doing that. So, oh. so yeah, i got another one here and it's, it's a 30-page thing and Andrew does a great script. He's easy to follow and I think, yeah, I can draw this. So that one's sitting there as well. You know, So I've got a number sitting here <laughs> waiting for the time to do them. And that's a yeah. that's a... Pure Phantom story? Yes. Yep. Okay. Are you able to tell us the sequel for that one? I'll let Andrew tell you that. (laughs) All right. We'll (laughs) get in touch with Andrew. (laughs) So are you able to tell us the sequel for the story for the Fru Alive? No, I don't know that yet. Okay, yep. I don't know that yet. No, Glenn has to go through and find out which ones it is, and he said it's a nightmare. Got to find out a story that won't be produced soon in the replicas and it hasn't been produced oh. in the last little while or something so he's got to find that out the writer might know but i've just said oh look I'll, i've agreed to do yeah. um that and um and by happy coincidence i got called into the office of the officer in charge at work a couple of weeks ago and he said hey you need to take more holidays okay what <laughs> <laughs> so i've deliberate i've deliberately put it in july so that I'll that I can draw my little heart out for this story. You've got time to draw. <laughs> and you also oh, need uh, middle of June as well for uh, Supernova as well. Uh, I've already I've already got holidays for that. I'll be there. Yep, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be there as well. Yeah. <laughs> You're coming again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we'll the plan. Both come. That's the plan. Good. Yeah. Good. Yep. So yeah, yeah so I, well, we can. Um, we do know that uh, Chris Secure is writing one of the stories. We know that uh, Massimo, who did the Christmas cover, is also doing one of the stories. We've got Shane Foley. Um, and then I, I don't know about a third artist yet. So um, all that information will be on the, on the website, like per normal. But, um, yeah, thanks for telling us about that, Shane. That uh, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, like, and I know you don't know the story, but is there like a story that you would like, just love to be, that you would love to do a sequel to? Um. Like, and obviously, it's going to be a Wilson McCoy one, which you know you have a a close. No, nah, I mean Wilson McCoy. I could do a follow up to the Drummer of Kinpenny. I love that. Hmm. Actually, I, I've, yeah, I mean it's a side, the Siberi one. I really, I think that's that's terrific. I would rather do um, probably Wilson McCoy because I like the way he did his caricatured baddies. Mm. In my opinion, he actually his his baddies often were. Um, Even ugly. I like them more that Cy Barry did a more photographic type approach, and except for Bababu and except for the drummer of Tim Penny when he was still a bit more caricatured, a bit like McCoy was, and I prefer that slightly caricatured approach. I loved drawing the horn starting. Mm, <laughs> that yeah, was just tell. great. <laughs> and I had that, you know, it was very brushy and their faces were sort of oh, a bit nastily Asian, I suppose. <laughs> but they were great fun to draw. And they even got a Jack Kirby machine in there, which I was very happy with. But, um, yeah, I'd, um, I'd it, it'd probably do a McCoy story. I don't know. No, I can't think. Uh, probably as soon as I hang up the phone, I'll say, oh, yeah, obviously that one. So, um, I don't know. Do you think that um, when you when you do find out what the story is, and obviously you'll get a script, but do, is it something that you think you'll go 
straight back and dig up a copy of the old story and then you're going to have to try and channel um, that, oh, that probably. style as much as possible? Or? I would say so. It's going to be Wilson McCoy and I'll try to be as Wilson McCoy-ish as I can, which means I'll probably ink most with a brush and um, and keep it sort of simple. Um, I'm hoping that the story isn't one that demands 12 panels a page because it's going to be a long story. I'd like to do maybe like a make it look like a Sunday strip, which are more like six and seven panels mm-hmm. a page. Even seven's a lot, but they they always add seven, no three along the bottom and and that sort of thing with their regular style. But uh, yeah, I will try and do that one in a real Wilson McCoy simple style, which um, I don't know. I, I I try I try to keep it in the vein of what's there but at the same time once once when you're trying to draw like somebody else it's very tiring after a while and you and you actually fail you know well like when you're looking at uh the way wilson mccoy sometimes you know you can't tell when it's him and ray moore way back Hmm. it's a bit hard to tell but it doesn't take long and wilson mccoy is suddenly wilson mccoy (laughs) you can't keep channeling the other guy forever and yeah. it's and it's and it's difficult. And even such a stylized guy as Jack Kirby, you know, I try and draw it. But after a while, it's obviously Shane Foley version of Jack Kirby. It's not yeah. Jack Kirby. And I don't try too hard. I don't try to do that sort of. So I try to keep the keep the spirit of it. Mm. But I'm not gonna not gonna try too hard. And then of course I didn't do that with the this last of Falcon. You know, I was actually been looking over some Barry Windsor Smith stuff. So you got that heavy handed uh, inking I did on it and. It's a bit too heavy, actually. <laughs> but um, and then for the Planet Man one, I I sort of started in real, real simple. I even started drawing it as if it was a Bruce Tim, you know, type cartoony looking thing. Even though it didn't end up quite there. But um, but yeah, I'll, I'll try and channel McCoy for this because that's the purpose of it for the, yeah. for the book. You know, it's a single to one. So um, I will do my best to do that. Um, I think, wh- I think what that- I do in the future, I mean. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like the right approach to me, who who knows absolutely nothing about anything, to be honest. But, uh, you know, if you're saying things like <laughs> the Wilson McCoy spirit and you're channeling it and that sort of thing. I mean, people are going to understand. No, no one's looking for Wilson McCoy to, to, to raise from the grave and start drawing again. It's, uh, you know, it's an updated version. Yeah, it's your version. Yeah. yeah, I will. Like, the Phantom will still be taller than Wilson McCoy drew him. <laughs> I'm not going to change that. <laughs> So yeah. some stiletto boots. Often it's more to do with the backgrounds. Yeah, you know, like in the first, yeah. surf, you know, how the backgrounds were really, really. I had to work hard not to put them in, and yeah. just and leave it for the tones. You know, because often in in my ink art, all those grey tones are not there. They're added in Photoshop. So I'd just draw just for and then put in stuff with the grey tone. And it's hard not to when you're used to drawing a lot, but it actually worked well. I was really happy with it and thought, oh, I might do this more often. <laughs> but mm. but then when I got to the second Sir Falcon story, the, the part of the Stolen Chronicle, I was rendering everything, you know, and it was almost a bit over the top. So so um, I'll try and keep it nice and simple for the Wilson McCoy one, but do it in his... And even then, I'll have to look at, do you do them like we're in the Devil Road story where it's very, very mm. brushy and quick, or do you do it like... Well, the one I always think of is the Sunday story of the belt. You know, that's got all that double yeah. rainbow, fine line clouds, and he was really, really putting detail in there. Mm. So, I don't know. So it'll depend on the story, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, best. the other one that um, reminds me of the real detail is the flirtatious princess. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yes. That's, the, that's one that had a daily and a Sunday version, isn't it? Yes, yes. Like, yeah, and so even the thuggies. Was about the same yep. period. 
Yep. I remember you and, and I talked before. I knew we had a letter about this. I'm convinced that that they would do their six days, Monday to Saturday, then Sunday, recap those days, added a new plot element. Yes. And then Monday continued, you know, and I know Barry Stubblesfield disagrees, doesn't he? But I think... Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and, um, yeah, me and him had I, a... Uh, Oh, well, it didn't start off as a stash, but I think Dudley played it up a little bit. Like, um, I just said to Dudley, <laughs> oh, I'm not really sure about how he's got that. And then all of a sudden, he's published what I said and then gone back to Barry for a response and then published that as well. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it looks like I'm trying to pick a fight with Barry Stubblesfield. Oh. <laughs> because he published a letter He published a letter of mine about it. And was that oh, coming yes, in yes, after yes. all your little stouts? Yeah, and no, you, you wrote to me and said, I agree with you or something. Yes, uh, I remember yes, you doing that. Because well, I, um, I, I read Barry's comments and started one of the replicas. And he said, it's strange that this part wasn't included. And in the Australian version, they had to take a bit out of the Sunday one and put it in to make sense. And I'm thinking, Neil, to my mind, the whole thing's meant to do that. And you're meant, not meant to read them separate. But he disagrees. So. And there's about four stories like that as if, as if King tried it that way to see if they could make it one. Um, yeah. Fuggies is one. Flirtatious Princess is one. There's two others. Uh, I don't know. Fuggies. Oh, I, is there four? Um, give me I think there's four seconds. stories where there's, they're concurrent. Sunday and daily are the same. Well, Herms printed them like that as well, if you're... Uh, I don't know if you've seen what Herms has done. But yeah, um, they, Herms... Dan Herman in the video that he just... Um, oh, yeah. This week has yep. has made a point of saying that um, yeah uh, they basically I think it was 1949 through to early 1950 there was four stories that uh, were printed exactly like you're saying and so when they did the, the high quality reprints that they do um, they actually yep. put them together whereas they've been for the most part dailies in one book and Sundays in another for that period of time yeah. they've come together and um, the, the latest Sundays is is after that period and, and it, on their its own continuity again. Yeah, yeah. Just... So I, to me it must read like that because the story is so abbreviated in the start of those Sundays and it's all yes. it's just recapping the week and sometimes they add a new plot element sometimes they don't and that's probably why Barry thinks they're, they're independent but you know I think there's a couple of points like that one where the Phantom saves Diana from that Carly idol thing you know in yeah. the, if you just read the dailies he doesn't, doesn't save her it's, yeah, yeah so um yeah. So, so it was. Um, How did oh, we get to that? Oh, you were talking about Wilson McCoy's art style. Yeah. So it yeah. was. Mm. Yeah, that was four a, that was a rabbit hole. <laughs> so it was four stories. You're correct. It was father and sons. I was say oh, that's right. Yep. Um, the flirtatious princess. Yep. Which is the one that um, I, that's one of my favourite Wilson McCoy stories. The thuggies. And the eighth idol of Drago. Hmm. Is that how you say it? Oh, okay. <laughs> don't listen to Jermaine for pronunciation advice. Yeah, don't listen to Jermaine. <laughs> Durugu. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's actually interesting is that in the 70s, you have the Wedding of the Phantom, the Three Bandits, and the Heirs that also ran as dailies and Sundays, but they were actually separate. Oh, right. Okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, where, yeah. like you say, with the four in the, um, the four <laughs> stories, which was, what, in the 50s or the 40s and the fifth, late 40s, 40s, yeah. 
Um, okay. They, yeah, you're right. They, the stories actually flow like that, like like that. So, mm. um, yeah. yeah. So sorry, Barry. Um, we're picking a fight with you again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. That's just the way it seems to me. Could be totally wrong. <laughs> he's yeah. a historian. The man, what that guy knows is incredible. I think, oh, how do you know all that? Mm. Yeah. Very, very good record. Mm. Everyone can be wrong occasionally. <laughs> uh, so back to Shane, back to your artwork and that sort of thing. Um, I was lucky enough to get a, uh, a, a free sketch cover drawn by yourself at Supernova last year, um, which is beautiful. Right. I really, really like that. Um, do you accept commissions if people were to drop you an email or, or give you a call? Um, yeah, I've done I've done half a dozen or so. Yep. By all means, yeah. you can just do it by messenger or whatever. Oh yeah. So I, I guess that's probably the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to do that through Facebook and and, their, and then Messenger. Certainly, certainly. I've got my own, uh, the ShanePoly dot net is my uh, website. I, I I'm woeful in keeping it updated, but there's a contact thing there. You can if you go through there, you'll get an email to me. But okay. yeah, yeah. By well, right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a. Um, I'm probably just don't expect a... anything by June because I'm. No, sounds like you've got Sorry? some other stuff on your plate. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple of exhibitions I've got to get ready by June as well. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm there's getting up at um, five every morning before I go to work and drawing a little hard here. There's another one in there which got the phantom at the top, devil in the middle with the skull thrown underneath the phantom, and then it's got Catman the shadow in, to the left. Um, fan range down the bottom with a guy in a shadow cape, and then you've got Seth Falcon, and then you've got a, a little girl in, in the bottom um, right as well. So, is that a cover or another back cover for. Um, where, where, where's this? What are you talking about? On your website. Sorry? On your oh, website. Shane's website. gone. Uh, Germ's gone to Shane's oh, oh, did I put that there? That's um, oh, the, the Phantom with with the big devil and there's what the heads of the yeah that was has it got has that got um the um um Kane character out of Sir Falcon in it is he there or not is it a guy with like a cape and like a really the dark the black the black cape and yeah. Like, yeah that was done I, at one stage, because the follow-up to the first Sir Falcon story was not going to be in Giant Size 2, I volunteered to do a one-page ad for it. Okay. And um, and that's it, I think. I'd have to look at my website to see what it is. There's, um, there's two versions of that. Um, I can't remember. Hang on, I'm sitting in front of my computer here. I can go and have a look. It does. It does. Uh, it would make it cool used at all. Um, yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh yeah, it's got Catman in the shadow. Oh, that was a cover. Oh, yeah, the lady at the right. That's um, Prince Gar's wife, King Gar, out of the second story, and that the guy in black. That. Yeah, without the hat, that's the way Kane was at the start of the story. So we got the Falcon and the Phantom. And, um, yeah, I think it was meant to be like a, a thing I offered. I, I did up a little ad thing for 
for fruit, and then yeah. they didn't use it because it probably was based on But I thought when I looked at it again, I thought, I wonder they didn't use it. It's terrible. <laughs> so I, I just did this up, which is a different version of it, and obviously it didn't have space, and they didn't use it. And um, But I put it here. Um, yeah. yeah. So there you go. So that that wouldn't be much of one to buy because that would be the Phantom Ranger, the Catman, and the Shadow would be original art, but the rest of it would be a photocopy. I think I've reworked a different version. I can't remember now. I have to go back and have a look. I forgot all about that picture, actually. There you go. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for reminding about it, me about it. No worries. Yeah, cool. Um... Uh, how do you, how does it how does it strike you, Shane? You're at a you've said that you're 60. You've had a, a full career, you know, doing stuff that I could never even imagine doing. Being a paramedic is a you know one of the heroes on the road, as far as I'm concerned. And um, you you've spent your you're life burnt, burnt me out. <laughs> yeah, I, I could I could only begin to imagine. Um, you're now at a stage where they're coming to you and saying you need to you need to take holidays. Um, I suppose yeah. at that age, you know. I'd love to be retiring. You, you, you've got that in the near or you know, middle distant future. Yeah. I suppose is it's an. Ex- is, how do you feel about you know this this period of comic book drawing and cover art and that sort of thing, sort of almost taking off at this time of your life? Yeah, well, it's odd, isn't it? Like I, I sort of wanted this to be a career all my life, and it hasn't happened. And um, I've used my art a lot all through my life for various things, you know. Um, yeah, done a lot of advertising, done a few comics here and there, done a lot in the church I go to, things like that. Done a lot of it. But uh, mm. having it come now, it's just fantastic. It's coming at exactly the same time as of finally doing some exhibitions, which I've never done, but my wife sort of sort of opened the channels for that. And in my exhibitions, like some of them I'm doing Phantom stuff, the new one I'm getting ready will have the Phantom cover you haven't seen yet. The original art for that will be one of the things on the wall. They want comic art, and I do... Even canvases, which are done in black and white, like comic stuff, you know, dragons and all sorts of things, you know, a lot of science fiction sort of stuff, alongside Ned Kelly and things like that, all done in the comic book style. So I'm I'm happy as Larry to be doing it now, and mm-hmm. and really to be doing what I'm doing for Fru is is marvelous. The freedom I've been given every time they've sent me a, a story, it's been with some, um, you know, like often it's in Swedish, but every time I send them a, a layout for a cover they say that's great go with it so it seems like i'm assuming what they want and they keep coming back to me for more so i'm i'm happy as larry you know it's not like you at marvel comics or something trying to trying to be in a new style you don't like and everything i've or a lot of what i've given them so far as far as i'm aware they're very happy with it because they keep coming back so so i don't care if a time is coming i'm as happy as larry (laughs) very good way to um (laughs) pick up a bit of extra spending cash while you're uh, in retirement anyway well, it is. It's hard work, but it's hard work that I really enjoy. And I've got to get up. I get up at half past five in the morning and draw before I go to work. So when I go to work, I've already had a fulfilling day. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> got, to go, got to go to bed early to be able to do it. But, you know, yeah, that's when I'll get it done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the time there. And if it stops now, I'm really happy with what's happened, but it doesn't seem like it is at the moment. So good. Yeah. It sounds like you've got a lot, of, uh, a lot more in you to do as well. I think there is. I hope so. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we look forward to seeing it. Okay. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for thanks for the interview. You're really um, you're very encouraging. It's very nice. <laughs> oh, no cool. Glad to um have you. Uh, glad to have you on and enjoyed uh, learning more about yourself and, and and stuff like that and learning about the new stuff you're doing as well. It's been yeah. great. 
Yeah. No, it's been, it's been a really enlightening uh, evening, Shane, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed it as well. I'm sure they will have. And, uh, yeah, personally, I look forward to catching up with you again down at Supernova and um, maybe getting another sketch cover with uh, maybe Sir Falcon on the front next to the Phantom this time. Okay. It'll be my pleasure. <laughs> All right, good on you, Shane. Thank you very much. Good on you. Thank you, Thank Shane. Thank you. Okay. Oh, wow. That, um, that uh, time we spent with Shane was pretty uh, – I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and, and once it was one of those where I think before the chat he said, oh, we'll be lucky to talk for 10 minutes, and again, we've gone for an hour and a half at least. So um, it's just amazing how once you once you start picking an artist's brain, um, the, the rabbit holes and that you can disappear down. Yeah, especially when they're fan fans as well, like, yeah. like uh, Shane was. You know, like we were just rattling off stories and yeah. files and, that, and, we all, and we knew what they were about. And, you know, we could have even gone further into rabbit holes talking about you know each different stories and stuff like that as well it was, it was very very enjoyable mm. uh, thank you Shane for your time yeah absolutely and uh, really looking forward to this uh, trade paperback we're going to have to explore that more when we've got Stephen on board and we're talking about comics and news probably but uh, gee I, I love the sound of this trade paperback that Prue have, uh, have got brewing yeah it's a great concept it is a great concept it and the way I see it is it keeps everyone happy. It keeps means we get more trade paperbacks, which means they're expanding into that that industry which they want to do or that uh, genre. It keeps the focus happy because you are going to have reprinted stories in colour, glossy paper, you know, and it's going to look amazing. And then, yep. then the people that, you know, so for, even for the people that don't like that type of stuff, it's probably going to be the first time it's ever been printed like that. So that's a must-see. And then, on top of that, you're going to have talented people mimicking, you know, and doing sequels on top of these classic stories mm. that, you know, we probably all like. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm rather chuffed with it. I, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to learning more about it, yep. learning about the other artists and the other writers. And, um, yeah, I guess, you know, you know us. As soon as we know, we'll let you guys yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, lot, a lot to explore there um, and a lot to be excited about. Yes, definitely. All right, well, let's finish this off. Um, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Dan and uh, Stephen. Letting the team down again, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, so, as always, you can find us on chroniclechamber.com. That's uh, where we post everything on there. Uh, and then there's also social media links. So you've got Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, you know, uh, Instagram, and the various other stuff like that. Um, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and on the Android equivalent apps, where basically you will get the uh, the latest podcast directed down downloaded directly onto your device or your computer. Uh, straight away, there's no, you don't have to wait to try and find us or wait to read about it on Facebook. It will download it automatically. Um, and then, as always, a huge shout out to our Patreon listeners. Um, now, we have been a little bit slacking in failing to give them a shout out. So, what we're going to do is we're going to give everyone a shout out. Um, so, bear with us for a little bit. Um, this is your moment of to shine. So, starting up the top, we'll go uh, a Brett. Uh, Johnston, thank you. Callum, uh, Markham, thank you. Then we also have Jeremy McPherson, who is a, um, a huge fan of the show when we've had him on here and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, very, very cool to have um, a 
because I know Jeremy's been a Patreon for a long time, and uh, and uh, you know to have someone who's creating Phantom work um, contribute is just you know it's a bit mind blowing that that could go full circle. I love his covers, and apparently he likes our shows, so very nice. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, Bradley and Joyful Peach, who are friends of pretty much everyone, Phantom. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge shout out to you guys, uh, Christopher Dunham. Mark Payne, Scott C. Nelson, thank you guys. Um, uh, John Cookson, um, thank you. Uh, Jim uh, Layex, sorry if I've butchered your It's got to be Layu, surely. Layu, well, he is Canadian, so maybe. Jim Layu, yep. Yeah, um, all the way from Canada. Um, I think we've got in touch with him when Moonstone was about. That's, I think, when he got hooked on the fans through Moonstone. So. Okay. It's good to see it uh, internationally. Mm. Uh, Duncan Munro, um, who's been on here a few times. Uh, Sandeep Kate, or Kate Sandeep, uh, thank you. Thomas, I'm going to put you last. Good luck. Uh, Askerd? Askerd. Askerd, all the way from Norway. <laughs> Sorry, <Thank> Thomas. Uh, <laughs> we, we've chatted on Facebook before, and... Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I know you're a huge fan and fan uh, from Scandinavia. You probably disagree with most of what I say, but a lot agree with a lot of what Germ says. Um, but uh, we don't know how to say your name. Sorry, mate. But appreciate your patronage very much. Yes, uh, Sean Bassett, uh, Graham, uh, Luke Berry, uh, Graham, uh, Graham, whoever you are, Graham. We need to know your last name. Um, you're very anonymous to us at the moment, so yeah, <laughs> get in touch. Uh, Carlton McKenney or McKen McKenney. Yep. And Rick Prom. Prom. Yeah. And I probably um, spoke over the top of Luke Berry, so just in case uh, he didn't hear, um, get his name in there as well. Really yes. appreciate the support of all those guys. Um, vast majority of those Patreon supporters are supporting us at the five dollar level or above too. So that means they've got access to the Phantom Preservation Project. I hope that they are enjoying that, and uh, we're going to be making sure that you know a few new items go on that go up on that on a monthly basis to keep people happy. The Phantom 2040 Series One has been very very popular. Was it Season One or Two? Season Two. Season, season one, Two. two. My, my apologies, got people excited then for no reason. <laughs> my bad. Um, and also the friends of the Phantom newsletters have been getting a bit of traction lately, and and you can access um, a wealth of those uh, through the P3 as well. So. Um, you know, appreciate the money being able to come in, so that we've got the ability to to get the you know the space online to to host those for people to access and enjoy. Yes, and like you said, Dan, we are trying to do something new, or you know, every month, and we uh, we are trying to source some more friends and fandoms um, newsletters, and we are you know always looking for new stuff. We've got yep. some unique stuff. Um, for the next month, including some Defenders of the Earth newspaper strips, um, which I think will be interest of a few people, and uh, might even be a bit of a podcast discussion about that as well. There's, uh, there's, we've actually got a, we've been chatting over the last uh, little while, and we've probably got at least three or four months worth of new material to be going up on the Patreon or onto the P3. So I encourage people to. Uh, keep checking that out. We'll post everything that goes up new. That'll go on the chroniclechamber.com website as well, so you can keep in touch with what's there and available for you. That is good. Well, awesome to have everyone here. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, Dan, as always. Happy fandoming, mate.
Happy fans me. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom! The ghost who walks! The Phantom! Enemies beware, the Phantom's always there, but you won't find the Phantom. He finds you.